Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks and Joanne Crabtree. And this week, we're talking about working with people. I've led a lot of board trainings across Washington State, and one of the activities we do at the start of a training is to ask folks, what is holding you back? So often the answer is people. Oh my gosh, my board chair is doing this, or I'm so frustrated with that, or we're working too hard, we, we don't have enough people to do our work, and so often the barriers are people. I often joke that this work would be so much easier if there weren't people involved, but that's just a joke because we know that people are what makes this work special. People are at the center of our work. We're pulling together communities who care about something really important. People matter. And therefore, let's talk about some ideas for how to work well with people. I'm so glad we're talking about this topic today because I've heard from a lot of people who are expressing some concern about what it's gonna be like to go back to working in an office place. Many of us have gotten used to working at home and remotely, and now we're going to shift back into a place where we're going to interact more often with people. And I think it's an excellent moment to just pause and reflect and think about how to do that well, especially when we're still in a moment that is full of tension and confusion and uh, uncertainty. We're recording this in June 2020 when communities are coming out of being locked at home with the COVID virus. And so we're thinking a lot about returning back to work. You know, the first thing I think about is the importance of compassion all of the time, but particularly as we come out of a time of crisis. We want to get back to work. We're doers. People in nonprofits want to jump right back in and have those board meetings, get that work moving forward. And yet we have to remember that there's a lot going on in the lives of the people that we work with and the people that we serve. There's this idea that Daniel Kahneman gives us, a behavioral economist, about fast thinking and slow thinking. And we tend to think really fast. We have a lot to do, and so we just make it all happen. And he invites us to slow down our thinking and to spend time reflecting and connecting. And I think that's a really important point, that how we have compassion for the people that we work with, a feeling of emotional connection, a heart connection with them. That comes when we really spend time getting to know them and building connection and trust with them. And that's important even if your office has been together for many years. A lot has happened in our lives in the last three months when we've been away from each other. Uh, For many of us, it's been a time to adjust to thinking about a pandemic for the first time. For many of us, it's been a time to follow the news and think more deeply about issues of racial justice. For many of us, it's a time that still feels uncertain. And so even if you've been working with your colleagues for a long time, there's going to be a moment where we have to re-catch up and adjust and understand where each other are as we come back to work. People are dealing with so many things because not only they're trying to work from home and may not have the space or the equipment or the Wi-Fi or whatever they need to do their jobs, but then they're also trying to take care of their children and all of these other outside factors are leading in. It takes a lot more time to get groceries. It takes all of these things. And so between having a pandemic and civil unrest, there's a lot going on in people's minds. And we certainly know a lot more about trauma now and the impacts of that. So spend time centering yourself around compassion, understand the people you work with and and build connection with them. 
I think sometimes we are so used to working with people that we forget to be gentle with them. We know them so well that we tend to maybe not be as kind as we could be. And at this time, I think that's really important that, as you mentioned, compassion, Nancy, is for us to lead with compassion, understanding, and love. Well, and I also think it's really interesting. Most nonprofits, especially small rural nonprofits who might be listening to this podcast, I believe tend to have small office spaces where people are sort of crammed in together. And I think we kind of take each other for granted in the sense, oh, I know how Nancy works. I'm sure, you know, when we get back together, it'll just be like it was before. I think it's actually really important right now to pause and be intentional and ask, you know, Nancy, how are you doing? What are you thinking about? Is there something I can do to be more supportive here in the office place? And to really ask those direct questions, pause for a minute. This is the slow thinking, I think, that you're talking about. Pause for a minute and actually ask. Yes, I've sat next to this person for the last 10 years, and I think I know everything about them. I don't anymore, and I need to ask questions of them, and I need to not assume that I know how they're feeling. The second idea I think about in working with people is that tension that we talk a lot about in this podcast. So we've talked about this idea of tension in the nonprofit world before. And I think there's a tension between the individual and the systems. So if you go to any board training, for example, you'll hear about have job descriptions, have board applications, have all these kind of documents in place in order to have structure. And that structure is really helpful. It helps you to be efficient and to move forward. It helps you to better understand your people. But ultimately, it's a group of individuals who come together. So there's that tension between honoring the individual and that person's gifts and talents and wishes within that larger system. So I think it's important to find ways to learn about each other, not just in the social space, as you know, we just talked about getting to know each other personally, but getting to know each other professionally in terms of what folks want to do and how they want to contribute to the organization. One of the ideas that I absolutely love is this idea of flow, and we'll put a link in the show notes to have a graphic on that and some resources on that. But this idea of flow is really about finding the perfect match for each individual where the function that you're asking them to do aligns perfectly with their skill set. So you're getting somebody right to the place where they're doing what they love and what they're best able to deliver. In a great opportunity right now is to meet individually with, especially if you're a leader of your organization, to meet individually with your employees and coworkers and ask them, what have you been thinking about? How could we do our job better? You know, many of us are reflecting as an organization on what we can do to fight racism, to be an anti-racist organization, asking your employees for their ideas and how to do this. Many of us are also thinking about how we do more of our work digitally or online so that we comply with the pandemic needs. We're thinking in new ways. And sometimes it's as simple as simply asking, have you had a good new idea for us that we need to follow up on? Because most of the time, the good new ideas people have are ones they'd like to work on. And that can get you to that state of flow. With flow, I also think it's important to remember that people have different work styles. One thing that comes to mind for me is I worked with a man and the, the leader of the department was quite frustrated with my colleague because it felt like the colleague wasn't getting a lot done. But in reality, the way the colleague worked is he would gather information, process, process, process. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, he would produce immense amounts of work. So if you looked over time, he was actually a really good producer. 
But at certain times when he was processing, it was hard to see that. And it's so important for us to remember that everybody works differently. I love that because you're talking really about kind of what are the values of the organization and really centering on outcomes. You know, what is the result of your work and not how the work happens. How the work happens is super important, don't get me wrong. But ultimately, if you're talking about working with people, if people are delivering what you need them to deliver, celebrate that. The third thing I think about when it comes to working with people is culture. Now, culture exists anytime groups of people come together. It's kind of the air that you breathe when a group of people meet and they come together, they work together, and there are these implicit rules that happen. And understanding your culture and knowing that you can shape your culture is really important. Now, I like to say that culture shows up in three ways, and let me just name those and then we can break them apart a little bit. Culture shows up in your stuff. So think about your meeting agendas, your annual reports, your name tags, if you have them, your office space, anything you can physically touch. Culture shows up in behavior. That's what you can see and hear, how people relate to each other. Do people laugh at board meetings? Are people comfortable with each other? Do you see, you know, what are you seeing and hearing when your people come together? The third thing is how it shows up in your body. We've all walked into a room and we immediately either feel comfortable or not comfortable. It's that feeling that you just, that you have that can, that you don't see or hear, but is felt. So culture shows up in those three different ways. And I love to invite people to think about their culture, describe these three different ways that it shows up, and then build a culture of motivation, inspiration, celebration, and of course, accountability. You need to have that as well but build the culture that you want in order that everyone in your organization thrives. So Nancy, who's responsible for building that culture? That's a great question. Everyone. A culture really is pulled together by everyone who's coming together. Now, a leader has a special responsibility to invite the question, to create the space for the conversation. But once you have space for a conversation, that's when everybody has a role to play to decide what it should be and then move that culture forward. And I would say the leader is really accountable to the people in this space to make sure that everybody feels comfortable in that space. What do you think? I think I agree. I also think that this isn't a great example of where your systems and structures can come in to help. When an organization has a truly dysfunctional culture, one that is actually getting in the way of the mission, I think it is the responsibility of the leader to make space and to actually do that structurally, to say, we are going to stop what we're doing right now because we actually have a mission critical problem in our internal organizational functioning. I've seen this happen with boards and I've also seen it happen with staff and sometimes it happens between a staff and a board. And in all of those cases, I think it's essential that someone steps forward and doesn't just name the issue, but creates a structure for that conversation to happen in a way that doesn't feel personalized or threatened, but it's about the mission. So we see these problems getting in the way of us meeting our mission. How do we get over that? so that we can meet our mission. We may not, in the end, all really like each other by this process, but if we can acknowledge what we have in common to get to the mission, then I think it's a really important opportunity for a leader to not just culturally acknowledge the change that needs to happen, but structurally make that space. I love how you connect culture to mission. So often we think that culture is one of those things out there and our mission is our work, but your culture and your mission really need to be connected. 
So our word of the week is love. And that might be a weird word of the week for a conversation about working with people. Again, go to that gruff board chair that we really struggle with. Where's the love in that, right? I do believe in leading with love. I do believe that we come to this work from a place of the heart. We love what we do. We ultimately lead with love so that we connect from a heart place with the people that we work with. We assume their good intentions and we ultimately, if we can't love the people we're working with, we love our mission so much that it's worth putting in the extra effort. When I think about love, I I think about the fact that it takes work. Know that there are moments when it feels like really hard, really hard to understand where that other person is coming from or to realize that your assumptions about them were wrong and you need to change your lens. But when you do love someone, you're totally willing to put that work in. It's, it's worth it. And you know that at the end, the, the bigger success is, is having that love in your life. So I think it's a great word for this week because working with people sometimes is hard. And the reason people laugh at your joke at the beginning, Nancy, is there are days some of us think that. You're also absolutely right that people, though, are also the essential ingredient to meeting our mission. And they're actually the thing that makes it worthwhile and so joyful to get to work in the fields that we do. So love is hard, but it's also worth it. Remember what it feels like when you've been in a situation where maybe you had an idea that not everybody else was on board with, or maybe nobody else was on board with, but someone took the time to listen to you and to provide that compassion and try to understand. And even if they didn't go with your request, having that love from the people around you and knowing that you matter is so important. And it also feeds and helps the organization when you have that level of trust to know that you can say what you need to say to be true to yourself and still be accepted by the group. Because acceptance doesn't mean approval. To be accepted is an absolute form of love, regardless of whether or not people agree with your position. So whatever you do, Whether you serve people, protect the environment, care for animals, celebrate the arts, whatever your nonprofit's mission is, ultimately nonprofit work is driven forward by people. So take the time to know the people around you beyond what just shows up at meetings. Create enough structure that you move forward, but not too much that it gets in the way. You've got this. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll share this episode of the Nonprofit Radio Show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Nonprofit Radio Show. Sunshine for small nonprofits. Tune in for our next episode on your favorite podcasting site or at nonprofitradioshow.com. Nonprofit Radio Show is hosted by Nancy Bacon, Sarah Brooks, and Joanne Crabtree. Music composed by Riley Crabtree.